0: And welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum, and me, Alex. How's it going, guys? Hi. The podcasting equivalent of taking your slippers out for the first time—not your slippers, your sandals out for the first time on a nice sunny day—and realizing you're going to have blisters for the next couple of months whilst you wear them in.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a horrible one.
0: Already started, mate. Already started. Uh, My feet are cut up. Yeah. It looks like I've been walking in thorns. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's it's not a great advert for the podcast. I'll I'll be I'll be honest. Like no, I've got... that's a fairly that's a fairly negative experience. I'd like to think that people have fun listening.
0: Yeah, Wait, what? <laughs> oh, as in as in as in getting you blisters on your feet? Po- no, I think I think that's fair. I think we are the podcast the equivalent of blisters on the feet. I, right. I don't think we need to put our, push ourselves out there you just know, because that, of like, how
1: satisfying it is when you sa- pop them.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, we're the pus <laughs> that leaves the blister. That should have been that should have been the more equivalent of it, or the kind of weird watery substance that leaves. It's, it's bushes are weird, aren't they?
1: Yeah, not particularly pleasant.
0: I remember when I was younger, I was, both of us, we were into sailing, and we liked sailing from from our, um, our hometown was a sailing sort of town in uh, in Scotland, and I remember, for some reason, being fascinated with rope and rope tying and skills, how nerdy I was, but... I, liked, I always like the idea of when you cut a bit of rope, you had to burn and fray the end so it would solidify and then it kind of wouldn't fray from there or the chances are very low of it fraying. Well,
1: that's because and you're I, a pyromaniac in disguise, isn't it. it?
0: Yeah, absolutely loved it. But, and I would just, I would love that. And I would sit in my room and burn it. And when I got a lighter and I would burn the ends of rope and I'd be like, ha ha ha. I remember once being in, my, uh, being in my bedroom, burning in this rope and, I, and I'd burn it too long and a bit of it dribbled off this hot melting rope onto my hands and it's it was so so painful the blisters almost immediately erupted and i didn't want to have all these bubbles blisters all over my hands so i instantly ripped them and bit them open
1: but be- oh that-
0: it was the most painful thing I-, I i can still remember the pain to this day.
1: isn't that isn't that because there's there's a uh, wax in those ropes so it's actually I bits of know. wax that you're it, it would have been wax. Know.
0: I don't know, yeah, I mean, probably most most likely, but I still remember this day, running to the bathroom, washing my hands on the cold water. It's stinging with pain and thinking. I, I mean, I must have had about four or five different little bubbles, blister bubbles all over my hand. Like, it was, like, you could have went, I should have went to the hospital, really. Yeah. Uh, which wasn't too far. No, but no, I decided just to bite them all open, and... Oh, I, I, honest it was the worst decision I've ever made in my life because yeah. the pain didn't instantly kick in cuz I'd already bitten a couple of them this is really shit why are we talking about this yeah. somebody <laughs>
1: somebody should somebody should make like a cautionary saying something to do with playing with fire some, <laughs> yeah. some somebody should do that i don't think anyone's done that
0: do you know, though, I, I never learned. You amount of times I burnt myself on stuff. Like, we obviously, we were scouts as well. You know, the times we'd go camping and we'd just start a fire. And we, do you remember, right? So, we, do you remember a mate of ours? We used to go camping. I know you know who I'm talking about. We used to go camping. I think, I think I think should be, a, nearest, segment this is, should be a, a segment on the podcast by
1: the way. No 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 no, just slight interjection. This should definitely be as a segment on the podcast is like, oh, do you know that mate by the way, you know who I'm talking about? Podcast <laughs> segment on the podcast.
0: We no we, we used to grow up with some utter idiots So we used to grow up with this guy. He was I remember, right? He we were we went camping in the woods nearby our hometown as well. And we were obviously we were kind of like, I don't know, 14, 15s, obsessed with fire. And we started this fire in the middle of the day because that's what you did when you were fit. Rope swings, tree houses, and fires. And we decided to put this really big fire. We were all like going through the woods and making big and big teepee, and it was it was amazing. And then this mate of hers just out of his bag pulled like a four pack of lynx africa aerosol and just shouted fire on the hole stuffed it in the middle of the fire and just legged it off into the woods and we were all just like well i guess we have to run now and we just sprinted everywhere and i remember the, like it was such a loud bang yeah yeah kids don't don't
1: don't don't do that it's not it's not (laughs) clever I, mean, I
0: just loved it because he didn't—he didn't tell anyone he was going to do it. He didn't announce it. And if he, we just—if you didn't hear him shout "fire" in the hole, all you would have seen is this kid running away into the woods, and all of us going, "Why is he running up? Oh my goodness, yeah. he's done it!"
1: Oh my days. <laughs> that yeah, that—that so that shit is dangerous.
0: Speaking of dangerous. Uh, We've got a lot of dangerous movies to be talking about. Yes, we do. We're back on form with MCU Phase 3. We are a music and movies podcast. Each week we're going to take some movies and we look into the music behind the movies and say what they bring to the movie, how they add to the themes that that movie uh, discusses or looks into. And I guess we sort of put our own personal spin on it so as i said we're back at the mcu we've obviously done phase one and phase two this is phase three yeah Uh, or rather or
1: rather more accurately phase three part one
0: three part one yeah three three is quite three three
1: part one this we're talking about six movies today and that's just over half of why did they of phase three
0: do it in such you know small phase one, small phase two, huge phase three. Like why? What, can you give us a, a, a description of a why that well, was and b what phase three is? I
1: I think I think the answer to that question is really to do with the ending of it as in Infinity War because I feel like phase three is in essence civil war up to Infinity War, right? Mm. And then I feel like Ant Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then Endgame are like. Oh, and Spider-Man, far, oh, from yeah, home, far From Home, bloody hell, are like the coda. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's like the lap of honor almost. Yeah, I mean, I d- not I so not so much, the much because the ending four. the ending is end, is Endgame, obviously. But
0: and they've often said that Far From Home is the the sort of the epilogue.
1: Yeah, the epilogue and the the you know the dessert to mm-hmm. cleanse the, the palate, the, sorb, the sorbet. Yeah, the, the the nice sorbet to let you. I'll, I'll be honest with you, mate. I got carried away. I with got what? I got carried away rewatching these.
0: Oh, they're so these no, no, no. are great.
1: I got carried away rewatching these because I was like, "All right, great. I, I've got to listen up to. I've got to watch up to Black Panther," and I watched Black Panther on Thursday, Thursday mm-hmm. night. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Or no, it was Thursday, kind of three o'clock ish. And then I went I'm just going to watch Infinity War.
0: Yeah, straight in. And then
1: I went straight into Infinity War and then that happened and then I was like I I want to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I watched <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp. And nice, then after so you're ahead. and then after that I was like Yeah, but Ant-Man and the Wasp is like quite low key compared to Infinity War. Fuck it. I'll watch I watch Captain Marvel. So I watched four Marvel movies in one day in one in one day yeah in pretty wow. much in pretty much one but, sitting and, and then that must
0: have felt quite good i mean they, oh, cause they are yeah. they are they're built to be binged aren't they, they? are built, built they are built to more. be binged
1: and do you know what black panther was like it felt like a normal sit-through of a movie
0: hmm.
1: like you know two and a half hours whatever every movie after that including including infinity war by the way felt really short because it was just you were just there for the ride it just felt like hmm. one like continuous thing and I I thought that was great. Yeah. But, like, you know, no, skip they, to today. I've, they, I've watched Endgame. I watched Endgame last night. Nice. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> I, we'll, get to that. we'll get to that one there. MCU Phase 3 Part 1. Yep. And we have... We start off with Civil War. Yeah. So Civil War was the Russo brothers, uh, Henry Jackman as the composer... This is often described as Avengers 2.5. Yeah, but what With I, good reason. With good reason. But what I would describe this movie as is this is the glue that holds the MCU together, this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because this movie... So I watched this one very recently. And I think it's my favourite. I'm not yeah, sure. I can't imagine I think that, it's that would have been a chore for you. Like, it's it's, it's, it's good. It's just... It's so easy to watch this movie. It's so easy to enjoy it. There's so many great parts to this movie and i it's it's just a delight to watch It is. and it is like you will watch this movie this is this this movie is the Live and Let Die of the Bond series it's the you know it's in the middle it's just your staple. If you went to someone watched an Avengers movie, you stick this on. And there's obviously some context to it, but it also has the ability for new, list, uh, new listeners, new watchers to kind of come in and watch it yeah. it's got something for everyone and I love it for so many for so many reasons the character development, the plot, the ideas the the fact that it makes you think a yeah. little bit more the villain I just think um, Zemo is, is, or Zemo is just done so well and it's just yeah. so clever I love that he's not
1: it. I love that he's not a super villain. because you know think how stale these movies would be like how how many are there in total like 20 something i don't Mm. i don't know but think think how stale these movies would be if every movie was uh the main hero going up against uh, basically his arch nemesis Mm. you know Mm. like like it was a cartoon serial
0: the first musical number the actual non-score musical number is actually by Tony Stark's mum where she sings um, a song called Try to Remember the Kind of December which is a Harry Belafonte song. So Harry Belafonte who's famous um, musician i think famous for uh jump in the line and the banana boat song and sort of more caribbean themes where he's kind of coming in in a more mellow way through uh is it martha stark or is it i forget i forget the mum's name but <laughs> m- mrs no, stark no, no, I'm, going, I'm going for i'm going for martha, <laughs> martha. because everyone's mum is called martha all right that's you know why <laughs> yeah. every every superhero's mum is called martha yeah they right? made they made
1: a whole movie about it
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what her name is. I'm sure it's something else. I'm sure someone will write into us. Yeah. But 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 yeah. So Harry Belafonte's tried to Remember," which I think is a really nice moment, and you have that introduction of barf, which we see obviously in, in our palate cleanser, uh, "Far from Home." Yeah. The score is, as I said before, it's a very, very mature score by Henry Jackman, and I think it's a very conflicted score because it flips between Iron Man's sort of themes and his motifs and that team's motifs, but it very it plays, it it does play a lot more of the Captain America because at the end of the day, it's a Captain America film, yeah, and it is a lot more biased towards him, and none more than the the track Consequences, and that Consequences sequence is the it's the slow and sad track that tells the story of all of the inner conflict between the two characters. And I think consequences is a really, it plays a couple of times, but it really shows, uh, through a lot of sequences. It's that slow, somber piece that, that really draws in the, it, it, it's the, it's the look at what we've become sort of track. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and it's, it's played, it's played so well, at a number, a number of points throughout the movie um which is and i'll get to the two tracks my favorite on the score which are civil war and larger than life yeah. which are played during the airport sequence and yeah I'll, and I'm, I'm gonna kind of talk about them but i'm gonna move pull, pull back a little bit so we chatted a little bit at the start about whether we're on team iron man or whether we're on team captain america and yeah. obviously you find yourself maybe more captain america more often more often
1: than not but i do mm. find myself flip-flopping
0: flip-flopping so I want to talk. I want to kind of talk a little bit, if you will, about the ideas behind this and the characters that we have on screen. Because I've often thought that a gun to my head, I would put Iron Man as the guy who says we don't need rules. We can keep ourselves in check. Right. And it would be Captain America that would say, no, we need a system. We need Ross because he's a man from a military background. Yeah. And I often rewatch this movie and go, I think they're on the wrong side. I don't think they're... How they act is true to their character.
1: Well, I think if if you're looking at the origins of their characters, I think you're right. But I think the way it's developed, I would disagree. Because I think what you've described about Tony Stark is Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Tony Stark. Because in Iron Man 2, obviously, they're trying to take his suits and to militarize them and stuff like that. And he's basically saying, you know, that bit where he's like, I've successfully privatized world peace. Yeah. You know, that bit where he takes the piss out of a Senator. And I think you're right. He does display those characteristics, but I think he's gone through a lot since then, you know, since the attack of New York, he got PTSD after that. He, you know, he's plagued by these visions of Thanos and, you know, the incoming doom and it's just so far above what he's used to that he's like, he's scared.
0: Let's do the people who are missing. First, we're missing Thor, we're missing Hulk. Yeah. Very good that they were not in this because they are kind of game breakers. I think Vision is all, Vision and Black Widow are kind of game breakers and that they pit themselves against each other because really Black, I think... Do you mean Scarlet Witch? eh, Scarlet Witch, my mistake, yes. Scarlet Witch and Vision are... Almost game breaking characters, they could take all of those other characters on single handedly, I, I yeah. personally think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they pit them against each other. And I think the same is with Thor and, and Hulk. You know, Thor and Hulk, none of the team could control Thor or Hulk either. No you could you would maybe put one on one team one or on the other i would imagine that thor would be very strongly on captain america's side and bruce banner would be very strongly on on uh Tony well Stark's yeah side. i mean
1: thor thor is not under earth jurisdiction at all mm. so th- thor's presence in the movie would have been problematic mm. for many for many many reasons
0: yeah, but I think he but he aligns with the Avengers and therefore kind of abides by their code and their rules. But I think he wouldn't like the I wouldn't I think he wouldn't like the restrictions. So that's where I think if those yeah. two were on the team, that's where they would sit. Yeah. Let's talk about Sam uh, Sam Wilson and Rhodey because I think those two are really interesting because those two are you know have been the have been the kind of sidekicks for Tony Stark and for um, uh, Captain America for a large part of Steve Rogers for, for a large part of their individual movies. But I, every time I rewatch this, I always think, wouldn't it have been great if those two had swapped sides? Yeah. Where we had actually Falcon kind of goes, no, well I'm from a military background, Steve, and actually I, I see you've got a moral compass, but Steve Sam Wilson doesn't have that moral compass. I would imagine he would align more with Tony Stark. And where Rhodey, who's seen the whole privatization of war, seen it and kind of goes, no, the the government will just twist this. I think we need to be in charge of ourselves. I think those two crossing over, if you think about that for a second, that would have been really, really great.
1: Yeah, because then the two main you know captains of their teams as it were would have their best friends on opposing sides uh-huh.
0: i think that would have gone done a really good job to yeah. switch up the dynamics
1: no it's interesting you say that and i don't think you're wrong about like those character traits aligning with different sides but i also i don't not believe it the way it's presented as oh, well no no yeah yeah
0: yeah It it's believable like it's it is believable but i think if i spend a bit of time and thinking it i wouldn't have come to that conclusion yeah i think throughout the team as well you know it Ant-Man's obviously in his natural place. I think Black Panther's in the natural place because he's there because he's against uh, Bucky. I think Vision, Scarlet Widow, kind of shoehorned in. I think you could have put them on other teams. I think Hawkeye's very good where he is. I think that... Uh, Um, black widow i think it's good because she against her better judgment agrees with tony and i like it that she's conflicted and it's of all of them to swap sides yeah that's the one that you would not be surprised you would not be surprised with they teased three things in this movie the inclusion of spider-man the inclusion of black uh, Black panther and giant man so those were three parts of this movie that i think make this movie what it is. This is an all-out movie and it's those three inclusions why this movie is considered an avengers movie more so than a captain america movie why people refer it to because they kept those secrets and they kind of went we could save black panther you know the original script was black panther was not going to be in costume the original script they were unsure whether spider-man would be in it and they kept him secret for everything i think up until that final teaser trailer oh yeah yeah what they kept real secret was giant man again giant man was supposed to be a surprise for ant-man and the wasp but they decided to throw him in there and i think Probably to the detriment of Ant Man and the Wasp. I think Ant Man and the Wasp would have been a more received Probably. Probably. film if they'd kept that secret. And I don't think they needed to use that in Civil War. But obviously, Civil War—the budget for this movie was ridiculous. Yeah. And 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 they you know they they it was an amazing marketing campaign with the whole which side are you on what team? Yeah, are you yeah, on. definitely. It, 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 so there's it's a, it's a swings and roundabout situation with those characters in there. Uh, but yeah, I I I. I just to, I think to draw out Black Panther, I love him in this. I love how, yeah. I love how commanding he is. I think the the combat sequences with him. I think his voice and his, is he draws real gravitas to any situation. Yeah, he's in. He,
1: he he sounds royal.
0: He sounds very regal and just. This is what's happening, and I loved his inclusion in this. Yeah, and I and I really really love how. Black Panther is the one who stops Zemo at the end. It's Black Panther who gets to him at the end. because yeah. ev- Everyone gets their just... Because I love it that Zemo as the villain wins. I love it when the w- villain wins. Yeah. Any movie with... The- you know, that Dark Knight. I love it where the villain wins. Yeah, 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 Where, you know, his job was to corrupt Harvey Dent. And this, Zemo wanted to break the Avengers up and he did that. Yeah. And then you kind of have that icing on the cake where it's Black Panther who kind of comes out, stops him, killing himself and takes him in because he wants revenge for his t- I-, I think... The, it's so clever the story for this. The Russos did such an incredible job of this movie, and I think they made so many right decisions for the production. Yeah. And back to the the music very briefly. Alt J, Left Hand Free. I love that song. I love the band Alt J, and I love Left Hand Free when you're introducing <laughs> Spider Man. I think it's such a cool song to introduce. I like it because obviously Left Hand Free, Bucky's not got his left hand. Which ma- battered the mic there uh, and then the scoring as i said before during that berlin airport sequence civil war larger than and then the next track after larger than life civil war is the starting track but i think larger than life is my favorite track on the score because it, it has that sequence where the line is drawn in the sand quite literally the line is drawn by vision yeah and you have them all landing and it just has that really just that over and i, I really encourage you to listen to the track larger than life and just go it's depressing and it's dire and it's like god like they're they've all fought like they were family and now they're against each other yeah um i think i had one more fact but that's really it that that's all i wanted to kind of talk about because i, I feel we're going on quite a lot and we've got a lot of movies to discuss uh we do any other yeah. close, closing remarks
1: no i mean again i think what you said about being one of your one of your favorite mcu movies is definitely in my top five
0: 100 mm,
1: mm, yeah. percent. maybe in my top three i'm not sure
0: So, uh, fun little fact for the end here, just there. Uh, In one scene, Hawkeye refers to Tony Stark as the Futurist, which was also the title of a 2004 album by Robert Downey Jr. On a Sony classical label. Listen to this album. Great album. Okay. I really like this one. Anyway, let's move on.
1: Next up in phase three is Doctor Strange. and Doctor Strange starring Benedict Cumberbatch bit of a weird one it feels mm. like a phase one movie
0: it is a phase one movie as far as I'm concerned
1: <laughs> it is a phase one movie as far as you're concerned okay I I mean why is that? is it because it's like formulaically uh, origin story or it's formulaically it's... essentially Iron Man but replacing it with Benedict Cumberbatch
0: um no I mean it's, it is different enough I think it's just
1: I think visually I... it's stunning
0: hmm I just think there's a lot of... I, look, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge fan of Doctor Strange. Right. I don't Character like his origin. Film? Character, film, both. Right. I like the Doctor Strange we get in Infinity War, where he's fighting Thanos. Yeah. I like that. I like... There's there's some characters like... I like Spider-Man when he's in his origins. I liked Iron Man when he's in his origins. I prefer characters like... Um, Doctor Strange I'm not that bothered about his orange I like him when he's because he's more interesting when he's full powered because that's yeah. what you want to see he's a, visual, he's a visual spectacle
1: oh and frankly when you first meet him he's an absolute knob isn't he
0: mm.
1: <laughs> he's an absolute knobhead uh, just the most arrogant conceited person like you've ever seen mm. and, and it's horrible And he and he has that kind of beaten out of him almost like mm. his perception completely changed Mm. Uh, by a really rather brilliant Tilda Swinton in that. Tilda movie. Swinton
0: is fantastic. She's fantastic in everything she said She is fantastic she in everything, but perfect.
1: she's so good in this, and I love it when she crops up again in Infinity War. So good. Uh, in Endgame, sorry, um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, she's really fantastic. I just—it's the disappointing aspect of this again. It, it kind of it goes back to the formulaic side of it, and mm. it's about the villain because I love Mads Mikkelsen. Mm. as an actor Mm. and i just feel like he was wasted on this movie what was his name caecilius
0: a lot of people i think are wasted in these movies i think i think the biggest waste from the whole mc was tim roth yeah the incredible hulk yeah but you know there's there's that's gonna happen that's gonna happen do you want to talk a bit about the music for this i mean because i like i like the theme i think i think doctor strange's theme is very good well again i think
1: what we're talking about here is good music 'Cause it's written by Michael Giacchino. Michael Giacchino's one is one of the titans of Hollywood, mm, as mm. as far as I'm concerned. He did He's,
0: the the Incredibles.
1: Yeah, he did the Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Uh he did Inside Out, mm-hmm, he did mm-hmm. Ratatouille. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. listening to the the Pixar films. He's done a lot more than that. He did the Star Trek reboot and I love yeah. that. He mm-hmm. did
0: Well he did Homecoming as well.
1: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's what I was going he did Rouge One, mm-hmm. um Rogue One, sorry. Uh <laughs> He's I lo- such a nerd <laughs> i love calling it rouge one <laughs> I like that too actually. yeah rouge one i i've got th- i've got thoughts about the music on on rouge one it's not my favorite but he he is a great composer and a great orchestrator i prefer his score to homecoming because i think it's a bit cheekier i, I mean I'll, I'll let i'll let you talk about that when we get there hmm. but The way I see the music in Doctor Strange is it's really good music, but it doesn't do enough to describe the movie that it's on top of. Do you know what I mean? You You know, right back in our phase one report, and we talked about Iron Man, and we talked about you know Black Sabbath and ACDC and how those hard rock classic metal elements got put into the scoring as well yeah and the orchestration and a, and you really saw you know in Captain America we had Alan Silvestri and he went really ham on the, the kind of military thing yeah side the of military and, yeah. Pa- patriotism the patriotic yeah. side he's a patriot and you get and you get that and for Doctor Strange all I hear is a um a, a solid action adventure score.
0: You could have had something like Pink Floyd or something like that. There you, you could know, have kind gone of like so psychedelic, f- psychedelic, or some maybe even like Daft Punk esque sort of music. You know, kind of quite texty. Exactly. I think that could have. You you could have really shaken it up. I, I think I think I think giving him more per. He just didn't have enough personality for me. Character yeah. and and the, I, I I'm not anyway. I'm not hugely into this movie, I'll be honest. No, I, I
1: very much liked uh, rewatching it. I think it, it's... Wh- I think the reason you watch it is for the visuals. I think mm. the way it twists the world is very inception-esque inception and yeah. actually i think it's on par with Inse- inception in in that regard i think yeah. it's not as quality a movie and it's like it's themes and plot and stuff like that but if you're wanting a visual spectacle i don't think you can get that much better
0: yeah yeah but not but not a music one but a visual one i think this one is where it's merit yeah it,
1: it really it really really is i mean again it, it does make some effort to do something different with the music a little bit you get things like baroque instruments here and there and like little mm. twinklings of magic like mm. for that kind of sorcery but again it just doesn't go far enough for me mm-hmm. not when you have things like iron man and uh captain america and all these other movies doing so so well doing that yeah. I, th- I just think this, this one is average at best <laughs>
0: Next up we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Woohoo! Volume two, obviously a homage to the mixtapes and volume one mixtape, and they went they've went and called this the volume two. I'm gonna start saying I think the music is better than this one than the first one.
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna see And I know you disagree. I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna see that swooping statement and I'm gonna raise you. I now think the volume 2 is a better movie than volume 1 and I think you're probably right and I didn't and I did not think that until I rewatched it rewatched it again when I first saw this I think I saw the Marvel cinematic universe mm-hmm. and I saw it start to saturate right mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of these movies getting bigger and badder and more huge. And I thought, right, they're throwing everything at the screen and seeing what sticks. And Mm -hmm. I was seeing a lot of that in Guardians 2, the first time I watched it, which is in the the cinema. And I did watch it again since then, but I think I've only seen this one like three or four times
2: Mm -hmm.
1: max. But the most recent time I watched it, I was just, I was sat back, I cracked open a beer I Mm. had some Pringles, and it was just, it was so much fun. It was Mm. so much fun. Oh, yeah. Like, I love Drax i don't care i'll fight anyone who says drax is not the, and he'll the best he'll fight anyone who says and he will he, will. <laughs> he'll he do is
0: you don't have to but <laughs> i i love
1: yeah i think he's my favorite guardian drax he's so funny i think like dave bautista is yeah, so good he's and very good and kurt russell kurt russell's, kurt russell's great. ego he's yeah, he's great. so good
0: so let's let's start let's start with him because obviously we have brandy you're a fine girl yeah and that song is not only played in the background with the the do-do-do-do-do-do-do and i love it when he's driving but he's saying brandy or Fangirl because he is in the song tells a story of uh the sailors coming into this port and everyone wanting to marry this girl brandy um but but you know they're they can't stay at home their life and their love and their lady is the sea they, they, yeah. they can't stay and marry and it's that's the story isn't it i mean that's yeah. ego he 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 is that he is the sea is the universe and and the ports are the planets that he goes on and, and he stops yeah. on and, and you can see why he and obviously he he makes reference to that when you realize he's the villain yeah i think that song is so good i think the inclusion is great that's one of my most favorite songs from the whole guardians uh um, verse verse exactly <laughs> yeah. i think that's one of my most favorites yeah the, the the because there's other ones there's other you know classics in this obviously blue suede from the first one mr blue sky the chain yeah. they're very famous and they're but their songs are just so overplayed i'd never heard this song brandy you're a fine girl no no me neither and i love it so much for that yeah uh, the next one we have is the mr blue sky oh, so i'm just trying I to love, rattling yeah through, i love but,
1: this i love this sequence i love but, this but sequence this, so much
0: it's so good and james gunn has often gone on to say that elo are in his mind the the house band or the resident band for the guardians movie because yeah. everything about elo is the guardians of the galaxy yeah 100% and, i mean do you want to give us a description of this this intro and why they use it and and what's so good about this i mean
1: i don't know if i don't know if there's a huge reason that i've thought about as to why they use it i just love the fact that they did use it because it's an absolute belter of a song Mm. And it it sets the mood of the movie so so well in that mm. they're they're literally just a a band of I don't know what you'd call them. Misfits. M- mis- yeah, misfits. I mean, and but... like they're just like having a they're just like having a good time. They don't take anything seriously no, at no. all. Nothing nothing is taken seriously at all. Which, mm. you know, comes to be very very annoying in infinity war but in this it's really really great like you've got baby groot like just playing playing the music dancing Dancing. around while they're like dancing while they're like the the focus of
0: him dancing and the fight is in the background it's so clever it's great so clever it's great but what i love most about this is that it's so clear that james gunn went i want mr blue sky in And he wrote the scene around that song.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Which is, which is, you know, we've often talked about Tarantino and how he does that. He puts the song there and he goes, "I want a scene around this song." Yeah, because
1: it's almost the whole song, right? Almost, almost the whole song. Almost,
0: and then obviously it gets kicked over. I I like it when that happens. Another great example of where that happens in a movie *Shaun of the Dead*, where they're listening to the song in real life, they're fighting, and then just before you hear the whole song, yeah, exactly. And then he gets thrown into the. So I think it's very similar very similar to, yeah you're right to that, when, when you think about it and i i think it's great when it when a film does that uh there's another couple of songs here so we've got lakeshore drive which again is a huge i'm a huge fan of this a lot of jeremiah which is the song that's used when the guardians sort of split up and go their separate ways yeah and southern nights so southern nights is the Glen campbell piece with sort of craglin just listening to it on the ship uh they're they're used at different parts of the film but i think both of these are quite southerny sort of songs they're quite kind of they're very uh missouri based you can see yeah. that like he 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 really star lord listens to these songs because for you know you can take the boy out missouri but you can't take missouri out the boy and i think that's a really they're really good inclusions i really love lakeshore drive um next going through this we've got obviously we talked about the chain fleetwood mac yeah again th- this the trailer for this movie using this was so clever and the sequence where the do 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 i just i just i love it the whole fight sequence at the end it's 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 punchy and it's in your face yeah and the and if you don't love me now you will never love me again i can still hear so you will never break the chain and it's that kind of the forming of the guardians like there's there is you know it's 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 they're fighting because they care and they love each other. Yeah. And actually it's a great song to use, the chain. You know, they don't want to break the chain now. Yeah. They're, they're all they're all in this together. Yeah, they do uh,
1: feel I, more like a family That this group of characters than sure. the Avengers, I would argue. For sure. Like they are the Avengers I think take themselves a bit more seriously and I think you miss that emotion, that the personal connection, emotion. It, it's amazing how much you feel character connections through comedy mm,
0: mm. do you not think oh yeah oh completely and um, none more so than the next song i have here which is come a little bit closer by jay and the americans which is the scene where raccoon and, and yondu are kind of breaking out of the the prison um uh, or the the the, this, the scavengers prison such and a great sequence
1: th- i love the bit when it they're standing so i love the bit where they're standing in the control room and then the camera zooms out in a bird's eye view and you see the uh, the arrow arrow just like going everywhere and rocket's like firing his machine guns all around and they're just laughing they're like yeah get some
0: yeah (laughs) and the bit when they're walking and it's the come a little bit closer you're my can and just the bodies are all falling yeah and it's just raining body and i just so brilliant it's so funny and it's just so like, I, it it's such a fantastic pairing of what you're seeing on screen. This, oh, my, it just makes me, I love that song so much. Yeah. I love dancing to that song. I love listening to it. I mean, this is as well as a soundtrack. I think this is a more listenable Like I would listen to this soundtrack over the first soundtrack. If I'm out about doing things or yeah. just in my kitchen cooking. I just think the songs are just more interesting to listen to. Yeah. And that is that is such a high point. Also, um,
1: both both guardians both guardians uh, playlists, I think, look no more for your DJ wedding playlist.
0: Oh, ex- Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's Honestly, really good point. I think
1: I think that's what they were made for. <laughs>
0: um, another great inclusion where we are introduced to Ego's planet is "My Sweet Lord" uh, by George Harrison. I love the inclusion of this song. Uh, it, it's it's often referred to as the Hare Krishna song, yeah. Uh, and it and it's and I, it's a really really great use of song. And I think the the swirling almost psychedelic guitar is really really great because you know you, the planet itself is kind of like an acid trip on it. And it kind of is, isn't it? It's beautiful,
1: I, isn't it? Though, isn't it? And,
0: and the visuals are great, and the and the my sweet lord, my and the 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 lyrics are really appropriate. I I think i can tell out of all of the songs being used this was one that they went when we introduced this planet we've got to get the song right and i think this is a really difficult scene to choose music to i think uh-huh. this must have been a real task to to do and i think they nailed it yeah but it it, it could have it could have gone in so many different ways yeah. you had and- you
1: had to go somewhat Beatlesy.
0: Yeah, I was thinking Beatles. I mean, again, like I've said it before, but this is maybe an opportunity to do, I was thinking like Brain Damage by Pink Floyd mm-hmm. or something yeah. along those lines or Lucy in the Sky, uh, not Lucy in the Sky Damage, uh, Shine on You Crazy Diamond. Oh, yeah, yeah. Would have, would have been a really Would have been a really interesting one, well, maybe a, a different tempo to the scene. But yeah, sure. It would, have, would have added that that kind of, I guess, like, you know, dropping acid sort of vibe that that, that it's quite clearly trying to get to. Yeah, sure. Um, I've, I'm going to move over Wham Bam shang a silver song it's kind of used back in the background a little bit it's it's a it's a good song to include i don't like the inclusion of wham bam i i
1: i I love wham bam
0: i don't like i love
1: wham bam it's it's such a great moment when all the sovereignty ships is that wait is that what they're called
0: sovereignty Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah when when they all come out of the jumps and they're they've all arrived at Ego's planet and they're all coming in. wham boom bam. Shangli,
0: I I'm just, da, da, I'm just a bit
1: like it's so cool and I think just because it's the cheesiest. It's so song, cheesy. I it's love so cheesy.
0: it. Um, we're moving through. I've got only three or four more songs to talk about. The next one we have, obviously, in the first film, we had Elton Bishop with "Fooled Around and Fell in Love," which yeah, I think lovely. is a really great a really great inclusion. But in this one, we have probably one of just the most easy to listen to songs in the world bring it home to me sam cook yeah now you obviously you said wed you said wedding playlist like this is you will get everyone dancing to this song yeah it is and it's obviously because we're having the introduction of of the dancing and they're dancing in you know the planet on the balcony star lord and and uh and, and um, Gamora are dancing together so an interesting fact on this the, the ironic thing about Gamora not enjoying dancing is that Zoe uh, Saldana actually has thorough background in dance with ballet being her first passion that
1: does not surprise me at all. no it
0: doesn't it doesn't you can you can yeah you can <laughs> I don't know
1: that. why it doesn't surprise me at all I don't think I've ever seen her in anything that would suggest that she was a dancer but
0: mm. do you know what I mean yeah no completely <laughs> yeah uh surrender cheap trick used for the first set of credits yeah love it love it it's a kind of it it's almost quite like a 90s like you'd expect a blooper reel to be playing in the background during this and i and i genuinely think they should have i think this they should have put a blooper reel to this you know that kind of i think that would have been a fun little throwback and i I, mommy's all right daddy's all i just i love this song so much i
1: remember that song from guitar hero two yes three yes it was either guitar hero two or three
0: yeah, it's a really, really great inclusion and I like it because you've got Kraglin obviously learning to use the arrow and the whistling and it, I thought it was really, really funny. That yeah, and bit. he
1: accidentally stabs Drax in the Stams neck. Tracks. It's so funny. I also like in the credits when it is rolling and you see these portraits. Yes. Did you spot somebody who is in a future movie?
0: No, what is this? Uh... Uh, the Master. Oh, he's in
1: the credits, right? Of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, of
0: course. And I Jeff, can't, Jeff Goldblum, yeah. And
1: I can't remember if I spotted that the first time he, because yes, obviously, yes. obviously, we had no I, I don't know if when Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out, did we have a trailer for Thor Ragnarok? Was, were I we, think
0: we did. I think we did. So yeah.
1: we knew that Jeff Goldblum was on the horizon, did we? That's
0: right. Yeah, we did. I'm pr- I'm almost sure because I, because I, I, I
1: almost couldn't remember because I was re watching it and I was like.
0: Well, why is so Jeff reason, Goldblum the reason, in the credits Well, exactly, here? and that and that's the reason why I think we did have a trailer for it. Because if we had not had a trailer for it and we had no reason to know it. That would have been huge. We were like, Jeff Goldblum's got a tiny little cameo. Yeah, it would have been saying. all over the internet. It would have been all over the internet. Yeah. So I think we we almost certainly had had a trailer for Ragnarok. Yeah. Before we finish, um, to, to a few songs, I, I do "Flashlight" by Parliament. It's it's an end credit sort of sequence-y sort of song. It's a kind of hip y sort of you know like seventies hip hop. vibe. I'm not oh, that into no, it. No, I like it. I am uh, like
1: meh. I like it. Flash. I am a bit. It's I'm like bit it's meh to it. it's kind of like commodores and I love yeah, it, I yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that kind of sound.
0: Um, the one that I want to talk about though, which is, su- it's one of my most favourite songs. It's used in a really hand fisted scene but I don't care. Right, it's Father Son by Yusuf or Aww. Cat Stevens, and it's Aww. it's lovely, isn't Aww. it? And the guitar part when it comes in, and it's sad, and it's and it's and it's it's sorrowful, and it's but it's also quite. You know, it's it, it, the song itself. I so I play this. Me and my dad when we're when I go home and see them, we'll always get the guitars and we'll have a jam and we'll play songs. And nice. for some reason, we'll always find ourselves playing this after a few whiskeys. And, and I just I love playing it. It's it feels great to put like I, it's one of the songs that I spent a lot of time trying to learn because I wanted to learn to play this song. Sure. And it's it's so I love playing it. I love hearing it being played. I love the lyrics are something else they're the the lyrics are so meaningful and poignant and 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 poetic and and artistic yeah and you can tell so much thought has gone into it the meaning behind every word every word counts in this song and the instrumentation is beautiful how it's I, i i've i've and and its inclusion is is just fantastic. I love it in everything. I, I you'll never hear a bad word said against Cat Stevens by me. I, I've got that T for the Tiller Man album is just I've got so much time for it. I I love I love what it's I love. Maybe he himself isn't isn't maybe my favorite person, but y- y- this is a great example where you the artist and the art are so different. Yeah, you have to and, separate them, and they, they, it's so important to separate them for this. Yeah. And the last one is The Guardian's Inferno by The Sneepers, featuring David Hasselhoff. Brilliant. Uh, it, I, I, it's a bit weird, this one. I love and it, so though. Basically, in September 2015, director James Gunn said in a Facebook post that he wanted to use The Sneepers, an alien race that first appeared in Marvel Comics in 1964, as background characters in this film. He was advised against it by Marvel's legal department because the name was too similar to Snooper, the Icelandic word for clitoris. <laughs> Nevertheless, the Marvel legal department later cleared the use of snip- of Sneepers in this film, in part because of the extensive media coverage Guns' initial post received. The song "Guardians Inferno" played at the end of the movie is credited to the Sneepers, featuring David Hasselhoff.
1: Amazing,
0: and uh, it's Amazing. a great. It, it is a good song. It's very just Guardians. It's 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 kind of like it gives you that Guardians yeah. vibe. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate we're running short on time, but this i think i think is uh, the whole mcu i think this has the best music yeah out of all the mcu maybe end game there's i do have a, I do have another well again um, i don't i place. don't
1: like i don't in the case of an inclusions like guardians 2 i don't like yeah put, to compare them to against, compare the score. Them against yeah, i know what you're, i know what you're score say. Ones because yeah. it's very different type type of soundtrack
0: yeah, I completely agree, and I know I know the point you're making. It's so valid, but yeah. I I think if if you had to, you know, gun to the head, if you had to say, I, I cause of course, I'm more you can into, have a favorite. I, of course, I, you I'm can. more, but I'm more into the soundtracks than the scores. And I, I, you know me, yeah. I think that done correctly, I think there's there's, there's a lot more occasions where a soundtrack com, com, um, complements a film. I, I can count more times where that happens as opposed to a score really emphasizes but don't get me wrong when a score does it well it's much better yeah <laughs> but there's just not as many there's just not as many examples
1: cough lord of the rings and it's, lord of the ring <laughs> uh,
0: lord of the rings exactly star wars for example as well yeah. excellent excellent but that is my that's my very very rushed report on guardian or the music of guardians of the galaxy and we could have talked a lot about that one but yeah
1: I mean, had to find kind it to of deserved a, s- a whole segment on its own frankly
0: it does it does so does civil war yeah so do all these it's phase three is
1: great man
0: (laughs) phase three is so good and this part but like these six films these six films are just like you've got origin movies you've got combination movies you've got sequels it's just like this is the mcu in one snapshot this is this is this is prime mcu
1: yeah I, i almost feel like in 10 years we'll look back on it as the greatest hits
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Um I hope that's not the case because I want to continue enjoying what they churn out for years, but there we go.
0: Cool. Okay, uh it's me next for our run through of the MCU Phase 3 Part 1, and next on the list we have Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. Now the teased Spider-Man in Civil War is now getting his own film set just after the events of Civil War. When you think
1: about it, the turnaround is quick, isn't it?
0: Yeah, very quick.
1: Because Spider-Man arriving in the MCU what again, as we discussed in Civil War, very, very close to the production of Civil War. Like that was a that was a last minute kind of inclusion that they like changed things up around for. And then to go from that to turning around a solo movie
0: I think there is was really lot, impressive i think there was a lot of waste in this phase of the mcu i think there would have been a lot of i think a lot of stuff was 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 designed or they had ideas to do and then didn't go through with it i think yep. more so than any other part of the mcu because if you think about it the the whole second part of phase three they kind of they knew the end game. They knew that like they had had that whole thing planned out. They did. No plan they, they planning. Well I know, yeah. But and and then obviously the first phase was kind of, you know, we'll, we'll go with it, we'll go with it. Probably wasn't a huge amount of they they probably didn't have a huge amount of options. So do
1: you think that might be a reason okay. why phase three is so much longer than the other ones? Is because yes, suddenly is so. because suddenly they got Spider Man and all this new stuff and then then they were like, Oh right, okay, well let's change change think- the formula and do something different with it.
0: Spider Man, the inclusion of the character Spider Man and Tom Holland, particularly playing it, was one of the reasons why Marvel Cinematic Universe went up a notch. Yeah. Because he's instantly the most recognizable character on the whole roster. Yeah. You know, Uh, even more so, I think, than Iron Man. Throughout phase
1: one and two, throughout phase one and two, everyone at Marvel must have been thinking, oh my God, this, we need Spider Man.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: We cannot get to the stratospheric level that we want to want to be at without spider-man
0: exactly exactly and and you know they 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 got it in the end i think yeah. there was probably a similar feeling for x-men and i think it was a little bit too late to get them in, involved yeah that spider-man you know they 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 did the right decision by getting spider-man over wolverine yeah and the the inclusion of spider-man for so many reasons breathed in a new life to the mcu it brought in a host of new fans it, it it gave the, the old fans um a re- a really recognizable face and a new interpretation of this character that integrated seamlessly with the old characters. Yeah. I, I think that Homecoming was one of these movies. I remember before Homecoming came out thinking there's no way they can fail at this. Yeah. How if you look at it, there was no way they were on such a run. You know, if you think about it, Guardians 2 had just come out, Civil War we'd introduced the character it was just like there was no way that this was going to fail. There was no real risk with this movie if you think yeah. about it. The 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 villain, Michael Keaton, incredible villain. He was the vulture so was good. so good, and and the 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 inclusion of the, the inclusion of Iron Man and Tony Stark as the mentor, like. There was just there was no way this movie was going to fail, yeah. and it and it was and it was an absolute complete success. Yeah. On the, to, on to, the, to no one's surprise, on the brief subject
1: of Michael Keaton, we might we we'll probably have a bit more to talk about Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, but Michael Keaton. My, Michael Keaton uh, <laughs> I, I've not met anyone who saw the twist coming that he was Liz's dad no it's great i have it? not met anyone who anticipated that like it's great you know so many twists in movies especially nowadays unless the movie is made by m night Shyamalan, yeah exactly. um you can see coming a mile off see when he opens that door yeah i was like it's brilliant what Just my no notes. way
0: it, it it is brilliant. Um, quick quick funny one on Michael Keaton as well. Um, my my mum's partner, my mum's boyfriend has has met him. He, no way. He, so yeah, so so uh, so Johnny drives uh, golfers. He drives golfers around Scotland, and Michael Keaton flew over to play some golf in Scotland, and. Uh, he sat up on the front with with uh, with Johnny, and apparently the two of them just sat and chatted away for ages. And he was really keen and interested, more so, to learn about Scotland that's than Johnny. Amazing. And and I, and I, he told he t- Johnny told this really great story of of the two of them. And uh, apparently he's just he was such a great guy. He was really engaging, really interesting. And uh, he he's very very modest and very very hum- oh, wow. humble. Oh that's, that's amazing. Um, Michael Keaton's son actually is a very very famous guy. If you look up Michael Keaton's son, I think he's. Um, an investment, over I don't know what I don't know what he does, but he's he's he, Michael Keaton always says his son is more far more famous and successful than he would ever be. Oh, wow! Uh, and so uh, yeah, there's a, there's a really interesting look up Michael Keaton's son, really interesting.
1: He can't guy. be the only he can't be the only interesting person that Johnny's uh, driven around. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure,
0: yeah, exactly, yeah. There's yeah, I think there's been some characters. Okay, he drove around the guy who took teak j max from america and created tk max in the uk so that guy who was responsible for that, tk max ceo he's driven him around fair enough he was really really funny too so yeah amongst other folk so anyway spider-man homecoming again michael uh i can't pronounce his name have i got it right you know sorry um as i said before incredibles um we had him from homecoming um you know he's 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 doctor strange as well he he just he does a really great. I think this is where he is most comfortable. You know, I, I say the Incredibles first because this is kind of an incredible score that he puts to this. Yeah, and nothing better than the introduction. So around the five minute mark, the music that plays over the the classic Marvel Studios logo is an orchestral uh, orchestra um, orke- <clears throat> orchestral version of the classic Spider Man nineteen sixty seven television theme song written in 1967 by Paul Francis Webster and Bob Harris for the animated television show. Here, it's been adapted, sorry, I say here it's been adapted by Michael Giacchino. This interpretation of the theme, I loved so much. I, I loved it so, so much. And it's so good. Like, when I, when I I remember watching it in the cinema, and every time I rewatch, I go, yeah, like, it's the Marvel yeah, intro. It. But it's do-do-do, do-do-do. And you're like, yeah, this is it. This is Spider-Man. We're getting Spider-Man yeah. in the MCU. We're doing it's it. It's
1: amazing. It's amazing.
0: Uh, but then we have the, the next piece of music that, well, I think it's this in the movie, but it's on the soundtracks after called the world is changing and the world is changing starts with the Avengers theme because it shows the Avengers and then it, it, it kind of moves away from that it, it moves into the kind of more i guess more realistic versions and it has the kind of sinister undertones we see Adrian tombs obviously yeah. comes on screen and you have the kind of the cleanup team from. Avengers and it's so relevant to what we've seen before it on the really screen. Is. But the music is the music does a really good job of going, Hey, remember the Avengers? Like this is now where we're at. The world has now changed. Yeah. You know, the these and obviously civil war has happened. There's a lot of there's a lot of negative press and there's a lot of negative connotations to what was, you know, initially a really good idea. Yeah. And this piece of music, again, like there's a lot of mature music used in civil war, and that theme continues in this. And I think it's it's not the it's not the it's not the constant overriding parts of the score the constant overriding part of the score is the fun that this score is but you know i think it's also quite appropriate and it's i, I really like it i like i like i say i like the callback to the avengers yeah but as I say, then you've got the total juxtaposition. You have the the fast paced strings, the the pizzicato strings, as the stories kind of being told. It's fun, it's interesting, and the the track I'm talking to is High Tech Heist, where you have that heist in the um, where where the guys are wearing the Avengers mask, and he goes, "You're not Thor," and all this. Yeah, it's so I love it when he walks sequence. in the door and he kind of sets himself up, and he like. Chooses a pose behind
1: behind them, uh-huh. and he's like just awkwardly kind of oh how, how do I want to make my entrance it's here? Like, it's so great. good, yeah. It's, he it's is so great. he is my favorite Peter Parker, and that's not just because yes. he's he's like my current one. Because I'll be honest, I have a lot of time for the other two. I have a lot of time I for Toby. I really liked
0: Andrew. I really like Andrew Garfield.
1: I loved actually. Andrew Garfield. I loved his portray- well, I loved his portrayal of Peter Parker. I
0: yeah, can I can't yeah.
1: I can't say much in positive of Amazing Spider Man Two. But yeah. I actually for but I liked Amazing Spider Man One as a movie as well. But I lo- I loved him as Peter Parker, and I loved uh, Emma Stone uh, as well.
0: Ah, was Gwen Gwen Stacy?
1: I don't know. I, but I thought their relationship was very very good. I mean, they were actually. I think Zendaya, I think
0: Zendaya is, is that. I think Zendaya is actually the best um, female protagonist in any of the Spider-Mans we've had. Up she's now, great, right? She's so good. In fact, just back to the, the Andrew Garfield very quickly, the 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 inclusion of a certain song in his film where he's showing him with his powers is the Till Kingdom Come or Kingdom Come by Coldplay from yeah, the X and Y album. That's lovely. Incredible sequence. It really is. What an amazing yeah. use of a, a song, like an old song or a relatively old song for us, anyway. awesome we'll how that. often do you hear Coldplay in these kind of movies? I know, I know, <laughs> I know, right? I, I loved, I thought that was so good. I love that sequence as well. Because we're kind of song.
1: Coldplay apologists, aren't we? Because oh it's, it's right. cool to hate Coldplay, but S- we specifically,
0: don't. <laughs> specifically X and Y. I think X and Y is one of the best albums ever made. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so, like I said, the high-tech strings, and it's kind of, the pizzicato of the strings is used so much in this movie, because it's it's the it's the spiders spiders it's the crawling of spiders is what you get and obviously right it's it's uh it's leaned on very heavily in movies like indiana jones the temple of doom where you have that creepy crawly sequence where they're in the cave and it's just you know the pizzicato sequences that's such a famous i i i genuinely think that scene alone you know, you know the one I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. Indiana Jones, yeah. with, the, with the ceiling coming down and all the cr- bugs and stuff, and it's just c- pizzicato overload. Yeah, yeah. But that one sequence alone did so much for the violin and its inclusion in that kind of creepy-crawly sequences. You know, it, it, it's it's so perfect for Spider-Man. It's a versatile Spider-Man. instrument, mate. I've told you before. <laughs> exactly. Um, before, I mean, I don't have a huge amount more to talk about this. I want to talk about two other tracks on the score, Monumental Trouble. Uh, which is obviously the part with the monument yep. and then boat a uh, boatload of trouble so uh the parts one and parts two so these are the kind of the, the, the bombastic fight sequences from the score lean very heavily, as I say, on the strings, but also the timpani drums get a real use in pre- specifically the boatload of trouble, the introduction of part two, where you have the, the fight sequence on the, the Staten Island ferry. Yeah. Um, And they also, again, use it for the, the sequence where he has his flight suit jumps over the helicopter. Yeah. Um, again, that's the soaring strings of that sequence where he jumps. It's fun. Like this score doesn't take itself too seriously it's better than a generic score for a film. Definitely it's, better, definitely, it's better than, I think it's, I think this score is as good at, if not a little bit better than Ant-Man. And I know how we talked about Ant-Man was a fun score. Yeah. I think this is the Ant-Man score of phase three. Yeah. I think it's really, really great.
1: Yeah. And you, you know, you talked about how this is like, you know, classic Giacchino stuff, you know, when you compare it to like The Incredibles and things like that. And I think the common factor there is kind of, Youthful, childlike imagination and stuff like that. Because yeah. a lot of G. Chino's best scores are actually, well, in my opinion, are for Pixar and like for kids' movies and stuff like that. And I think when you lean more heavily into not taking your score and your music too seriously, yeah, and you're you're just doing this fantastical thing, I think mm. those types of movies that G. Chino has scored are much better. Than the ones where he's maybe gone a bit more serious. Because I Mm. feel like going back to Doctor Strange, the concept of what he was working with, because he did try and include some kind of magical elements in it, but the movie, the characters are much older and it's more mature and it does take itself more seriously, even though, frankly, it's ridiculous. Mm. It's ridiculous, but it's not tongue in cheek ridiculous. It's serious ridiculous. And I think in the case of Michael Giacchino, I don't think he does as well as that, as when it's just light and fun and Light. childlike that's and it. sparkly and i think that's what the spider-man is
0: and i like his main theme spider-man's main theme that he gets is that there is there is um it's
1: kind of avengers-y isn't it
0: <laughs> yeah it is very Avengersy. you're right it's 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 a funner version of the avengers it's a, it's like a it's like a child's version of the avengers theme. Yeah. i think it's good it's recognizable it's very um, before, good before before i finish um another great inclusion of a song blitzkrieg bop by the ramones it's the it's the ending end credits song it's great it's very really teenage. great very teenage very, very you know, teenager you could, you, you, could have, you could have put a lot in there i think it's maybe not as i think they could have put a more modern version of a song that does the similar task but i do like you know i'll never i'll never uh shy away from being able to listen to the ramones like hey like it's fun and uh the whole end sequence where he's kind of writing and scribbling in the notebook great but that's a short one i really like this one i think it's as good as if not better than ant-man score and that's yeah. the one that it's comparable yeah, to. yeah that's goals. fair yeah but that is yeah a very short one on spider-man homecoming
1: fantastic fantastic shall we move on to the next one
0: let's let's do it
1: so hype for this next entry thor yes. ragnarok Yes. Wow. Now you now
0: you've got now I've done three and you've got the you've done one, so you've got the final two. Yeah, I know. These two that we're gonna talk about next. Oh they're they're they 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 take it to the next level, these two. Yeah. It's it's really great. I want
1: I, let's just get this out of the way. First of all. Led Zeppelin.
0: Oh. The immigrant song is just so well used at two see two points this movie i love it when a, i love it when a film uses the song more than once right I, but the, even the first time watching what the first time watching
1: this movie in the cinema the American song came on at the beginning when he's yes. fighting Surti and all those demon fire demon guys yes yes and yes i thought and you know it started yeah. and i was yeah, like yeah Oh my god, yes! And yes. my first thought was, why wasn't this song used? You had two Thor movies before this. It's a rock song, oozing in Norse mythology.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why,
1: what, why didn't you use this before? And then, and I, I, I just went
0: instantly, fuck yes,
2: yeah, yeah. for that.
0: Well, that's, and and you can see why because obviously Taki with you. I mean, I think that the elephant in the room here is that Thor got a makeover, both physically. And as a movie, Thor, Thor, they they shook for around because because I think so I think a lot of people were not happy in not only the fans were not happy but a lot of people executives were not happy with uh, Thor the Dark World it, and I think they went it's Weed.
1: undeniably the stinker of the whole lot
0: and I think they kind of went we it was a Thor Ragnarok was a real overre um a uh, sort of uh overreaction to that yeah I uh, I, I genuinely think that Thor Ragnarok was I think it's a little bit pers- for my own personal likings. I'm not a huge fan of th- th- Thor movies. They're not my favorite of the original three Iron Man, Captain America, yeah, yeah. Thor, and I think the 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 cons- obviously because consistency is another thing that I'm not a huge fan of in, in in or lack of which in these sort of movies and and Thor kind of demonstrates the the most lack of consistency for all the characters, but it's because of that stinker of Thor the Dark World, yeah. and I think the like I said, the, the the complete left turn that this does. Don't get me wrong; it's great, but you hit the nail on the head. Where was this before? Like they they just should have put yeah. more thought into Thor.
1: Yeah, but in a way, what you've just described is the de- the the real danger of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is what happens when you do make a stinker. What, yeah. What yeah. What happens when you when you screw up? Because in in a universe. In a continuity that so that so intrinsically relies on every entry, when one of them doesn't work,
0: mm. it's a big deal. But but what I will say to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, to its own, um, to, to, to to I guess to applaud it, it falls away from the norm of you're only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. because that's not true. No, because that's not true. Because Marvel isn't judged on the, on the you know on Thor the Dark World. Yeah, you know if even Thor is not judged on Thor the Dark World, Thor as a character in his films are actually judged by Ragnarok. That's the one that everyone yeah. assen- notices, and that's yeah. the one everyone likes. Yeah,
1: no, but it, it is very very tricky for for Marvel, and I think the answer to that question was actually well the dc extended universe right yeah, because they yeah. they they had they had some they had some stinkers early on and then they had one big stinker and now it's dead like wow. nobody nobody or well we assume it's the dead re- we assume it's dead yeah it's interesting because it's not like it's not like when they made a bad bond movie because you yeah. just be like all right okay cool and next then we'll, just, the we'll just make the next one It's it's fine yeah. like yeah. who cares but what, what was my original point i was still talking about the immigrant song wasn't i yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry I mean, we moved away from to, it yeah i was still talking about the immigrant song because it's, it's such a feature for me in this movie it's the thing i wanted to talk about the most in this movie mm. and then when it comes back the second time first start i couldn't believe that they used it a second time but it was if anything Great, yeah. more more hype the second time because yes. he then got fully realized of his powers yes. and he this one shot this one shot of the the bridge,
0: yeah, and the bifrost, yeah, the
1: bifrost bridge, perfectly on the horizon with like yes. a setting sun behind it, with crowds of undead Asgardian soldiers like piling over each other like zombies, and then Thor in like a ball of lightning, slow motion, like yeah, crashing in yeah. and into, and you're brilliant. like, yeah
0: it is brilliant get some i mean and and thor and thor for his you know as a character chris hemsworth must just love it because thor's had so many of those from ragnarok he has so many of those moments you know obviously that famous moment in infinity War, bring me thanos where he lands and it's so (laughs) it's soapy and the avengers theme and and they kind of you know you're so screwed now um, from from mark ruffalo but and it's thor is now so used to those badass moments where the music soars and everyone goes it's all on him and it's just brilliant again and i think and i
1: think it lends it it borrows from the best parts of the original thor movie Mm. in that thor as a character has a a flair for the dramatic shall we say
0: yeah 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) so it's like he's striking these poses and he's doing these slow motion things almost as if he's fourth wall he knows yeah. that he's making a grand entrance and he knows that he's on a pedestal that's and it, it. i do love that aspect of his character and it's a it's a car and it's a aspect that i don't think many other mcu mo- characters have mm. and i think the, the, um, yeah sorry keep going yeah no i think and the the immigrant song is one of my favorite inclusions as a result is one of my favorite inclusions of songs in the mcu yeah. servicing i mean we've talked about guardians of the galaxy to death as like full soundtrack but just as like a singular song i i absolutely love the inclusion of the the immigrant song in thor ragnarok yeah. as far as the, the whole score is concerned
0: i was going to say the immigrant song is used really well in another song it's not the led zeppelin version there's the karen o trent reznor uh, atticus ross immigrant song which is used really well in the remake of the girl with the dragon tattoo oh really really good watch that movie and they use the immigrant song again it's a really really like grungy cover of that song oh okay it's it's really good actually and it's a, it's it's, a, it's like a kind of james it's what daniel craig's in it and it's kind of like a james bond intro it's because it's kind of has like creatures and oil and stuff move it's really cool actually yeah um, again immigrant song used again
1: oh cool so yeah so uh, apart from the immigrant song you we've got obviously the full score but it's done in a very Soundtracky way. Do you know what? Hmm. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's like I do. Yeah. Now the guy that composed the music for this goes by the name of Mark Mothersbaugh. I, I believe that is his real name, not only the name yeah. that he goes by. In nice. case you, in case you were wondering, he's got an interesting list of things that he's done. Probably the, one of the most high-profile things being the Sims Two video game. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So you wrote you wrote the music of like that, and and the spin-off sims 2 university he's also done lego movie 2 that's quite high, that's quite high profile Ooh. hotel transylvania 21 and 22 jump street yeah yeah so he's not all things that people have heard of but it's hardly a big hitter of the industry you know we're deep into marvel phase three at the moment you almost expect marvel to come at us with their big guns right yeah yeah and it's interesting because I th- I feel like Taiko Waititi wasn't a big gun before he got this.
0: So again, like I think it depends on the circle you're in. Like I mean, I I. I- i don't want to be one of those guys who's like i knew him before he was famous but like you I, are that I, guy I, I am that guy i'm that guy in everything i do and it's, it's horrendous it's such a horrible part of my personality amongst other horrible parts of my personality but that is the one more deplorable than any other deplorable and, and it is it's deplorable but 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 it's so true like i i did i would I, when i saw it was him and everyone's going who's this guy i'm like oh you haven't seen and and and, and it, it, it's but I, I love it and and for every reason, he he is the right man to be in the spotlight. He he deserves to be mainstream. He deserves yeah. it because he deals with it well. He's he's mainstream enough to still be obscure. That's why I like him. He because he throws up and 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 him. Could you imagine being in a in a having lunch with him and Jeff Goldblum together? Yeah, like what a fun environment that, oh, would that would be it, mad kind of be that would, be the two of them are madness. the two of them are the two of them are on the same wavelength of like they you know like they're just they're just they're they're great fun guys yeah um the one thing that I just wanted to say for the score for Thor Ragnarok is that Thor the main theme at when Ragnarok comes up the technoy synth theme and I played it to you at the end of the show I think last yeah. week where the electric guitar comes it's a short track and it's just power ballad it's proper techno power ballad 80s psychedelic oh my god i love it so much that little one minute track it is the best it's It's great it
1: comes up a lot throughout the movie it's to to, to the extent that i don't feel like there's a huge amount of meaty material to Mm. the to this movie i think it's not it's a bit of a skeleton score i feel like i i feel like when yeah, I, I listen so. when I listen to it, I feel like what Mark did was he wrote like a sketchbook of different materials. Yeah. Then gave yeah. it to the producers and just let them put it, put it in the movie however they want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the kind of feeling I get for the majority of the soundtrack. But one of my favorite moments is right at the end of the movie hmm. when they're escaping on the on the spaceship mm-hmm. and Hella's dead. By the way, we've not yes. talked about Kate Blanchett yet, but I'll just yeah, ma- I'll just great, finish yeah. I'll finish making this point first. Is when the, is going back to your point about continuity is yeah. they bring back the original Thor theme for when yes. for when he sits in the chair and you see all of the Asgardians behind him and he's finally embraced his destiny as king yeah. and yeah. they bring back that much more appropriate yes. Thor theme yes by oh patrick doyle right. oh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah blanked yeah by patrick doyle and that is such such a great moment i loved it when that happened because you know i was i was kind of sitting there complaining throughout the whole whole movie that to to, to myself that was like why did i know you you all didn't like the first thor movie but the music was great why don't you just yeah. keep that don't yeah. be ugh. Mm. Yeah yeah and yeah. then it and came then back and I was like oh, all yeah. right okay all is forgiven it's fine all forgiven
0: yeah <laughs> it's good 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 point to use it as well yeah but and Kate Blanchett as you said she is great as well as hella she is great she's really she's really
1: funny yes yes the style is ridiculous like the way she can just conjure these massive like blades. blades and spears and stuff, but it, it lends yeah. itself to some really fantastic artwork. Like you know, oh
0: yeah, like you yeah, know, yeah, the yeah.
1: flashback to when the Valkyries are going against. I her. love it. Oh yeah. my that god, slow
0: motion. Yeah, like
1: you could pick any frame, any frame in that whole sequence, and have it as a desktop background. Exactly. You, know you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Or yeah, a poster totally on your agree. wall. Totally agree. The 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 colors are vivid, even though it's dark. Like mm. it it just seems. Mm-hmm. So vibrant, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And I would describe, I would describe the whole movie like that. Really,
0: um, but yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's really good. Have you got anything else to add to that one? I
1: don't, uh, to be honest. Great soundtrack,
0: great score, great, yeah. mu- great individual use. I think it's as you say, it's it's the sketchbook element of this which makes it really good. <laughs>
1: So, shall we move on to the last one in our part one? Let's do it. Absolutely. And I feel like this is the most critically acclaimed movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is Ryan Coogler's Black Panther.
0: Yes. Now, I'm just going to start off by saying... The score for this is fantastic. I love it. You, I think, right. think no, that no, it's no, no. a little bit... Okay, Stop okay. It. I, know, Stop I know what it. you're no, going to no. say.
1: I'm, I'm not going to say anything before I clearly point out that I, I... love the music.
0: Oh, okay, okay, I, okay. I, I, I because love the music. Yeah,
1: I love the music. It's fantastic. It's one of the best uses of music and definitely one of the strongest scores in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. I cannot stress that enough. Okay, fine. Before okay. I start that's fine. complaining, that's fine.
0: That's fine. That's fine. Well, as long as yeah, you've have made that made clear. you have. I made my point. You you have made that clear, and that is like I, said, I think in the cinematic use, definitely is right. I I think throughout it's it just the way that it, the way that it moves from the African beats or those African drums to the score to the kind of. The, the more Killmonger-esque sort of um, modern day America vibe. And it just infuses them so well together. You've got like the kind of pulsing beats with the African style of djembe music. I, I just think yeah. it's so clever. And the off beats and the, the, the it pulses and it, it swells and it, it it moves down as the scene plays out. You know, yeah. that sequence in, in South Korea is just, fantastic yep. and the music is great anyway yeah the music i'm happy that what you said <laughs> no absolutely and
1: we are in total agreement with that but i feel like what i want to point out that i suppose the headline to this essay is it didn't go far enough okay it didn't go far enough and i feel like the hype around the movie sort of put the nails in its coffin for me because this was really billed as uh you know there's a great there's a there's always been this growing sense in america especially and you know in a much smaller sense the whole world um that hollywood does not do a good enough job in representing minorities and it doesn't matter what kind of minority that is if it's an ethnic minority, sexual minority whatever religious minority any anything it doesn't do a good enough job of representing anything else and Black Panther changed that yes in so in so so many ways in, in that in even so much that the villain the villain's main goal was driven out of out of that same non-representation about that that same sense of downtroddenness
0: yes yes. and
1: in so many ways it's such an important movie for that Uh, but when they were hyping the movie when they were advertising the movie and i was seeing lots of press junkets lots of interviews and stuff they said you know we're 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 going back to we're going back to africa we want all this African influence, African influence, African influence, like ancestors, ancestors, yada yada yada. And I'm like, great. I can't wait to see this movie. It's Mm. amazing. And what I saw on screen was beautiful. All of the like tribal African colours and fashions and architecture, but in like this futuristic way. It was so stunning. It was so beautiful utterly beautiful what i heard what i heard was western classical music with a jembe, and that mm, is mm. not good enough
0: yeah that I can see that is not saying. that is not good enough
1: i'll tell you when i heard but, when but, i but, heard af when i heard african stuff i heard african stuff when they showed nice sweeping plains of the savannah oh how yeah. lovely fantastic but how much better would it have been if during an action sequence when it's just scoring, if they didn't just do scoring, give us more more give us more African drums, more African wind wind instruments to mm. re to rescore a movie in something that we've never heard before.
0: Well it was kind of Lion King esque as well in that sense, because you have the Western score accompanying what is an African tale. Yeah. But of, that of was Kings fine in nineteen
1: ninety four
0: yeah that was fine in nineteen
1: ninety four yeah. we we that that you know and and probably that was very revolutionary in nineteen ninety four mm. but they they were trying to sell us something different this time, and they did it in so many ways, and I applaud it so like wholeheartedly because of it, but the music did not go far enough mm. they they did all those things that they said that they'd do, but it would mm. have just meant so much more.
0: Yeah, yeah, if, I see the point you're making. If they just went further, if they went whole hog,
1: basically, but they didn't. They they kept it back, and then they said, "Oh yeah, but we still need for it to sound like Western classical," and yeah. that's totally against the film's message. And for I, me, I it, cheapens it. it cheapens it. I do see it. the point you're making.
0: Can we talk about stuff that? Can we talk about stuff that we did like? Because one thing that I thought Eric Killmonger and what Eric Killmonger brought to the the, the film is simply amazing probably can we I can we amend that statement to
1: say um what andy circus brings to any movie he's in
0: Ah, oh, and 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 loose claw and killmonger they're so good as villains yeah. the two of them they're absolutely amazing yeah um what what and i think killmonger specifically because killmonger brings that tone of i guess modern modern black americans who in 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 you know like in some in some ways there's there is a there is a disparity between um L- L- Killmonger is a really great example because there's a disparity between the the world that he's grown up in yeah. in the west of America and his culture his roots of Africa and the and the, and, and the African nation of Wakanda yeah. and there's 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 uh there's um it's it's not guilt it's there's rage there's raw emotion of he's feel cheated and He's felt he's felt suppressed by this for the fact that he he had his birthright stripped from him in no in no sense of the word and yeah. I think he does a great job to really paint that picture. He he's not he's not looking for apologies. He's not looking to to amend things. He's looking to come in there with an iron fist and say you're not no,
1: I'm, yeah.
0: I'm that th- you have wronged me and I'm going to sort this. Such a great villain and yeah. so y- you to a lot of extent, you see when you go kind of right yeah he is right everything he's doing is right and the message at the end the message at the end when he says you know the the, the, the people you know, my ancestors who jumped from the boats because they knew that a life in chains was was uh, was a worse fate than than death and yeah. i i think it's i loved that whole thing yeah i think it was that underlying theme of 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 suppression and having your, your your rights stripped from you and stuff, they just did it so well and so tastefully. Yeah, it's
1: yeah, and to give a, a positive point to the soundtrack again, after I just railed on it in reference to Killmonger's character, a lot of his motifs and themes and stuff, I've, were actually based more in um, you know Black Modern America R and B yeah 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 and run, I, run the jewel is yeah, yeah you're yeah. gonna talk about run the jewel yeah it's and i really i really respected that because that that sound and that character and that i think the best word is attitude
0: attitude completely Atti- yeah
1: attitude like really helped sell his character and his motivations and helped you empathize so again that, i can't it, it, stress enough how much yeah. i feel like this soundtrack did well
0: I mean, and, and like you say, like, Run the Jewel, the song Legend has it, is so good. Um, but that you see the attitude, the bit when he's in the museum and he goes, is that Wade of Wakanda too? That mask? He goes, nah, I'm just feeling it. I I'm love just, that I'm bit. I love it. it.
1: He was he was so good. He was so good.
0: Um, just before we finish this one there, I think Black Panther had one of the best trailers ever. The first trailer when it used Run the Jewel. Yeah. Incredible trailer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like just out of one movie, just out of one movie, people just loved black panther yeah the absolutely. character chadwick boseman did an amazing job mm-hmm. uh, oh so good so yeah, so so, good. so, so t'challa, good
0: t'challa is such a great character yeah
1: and you know people are invested in him and love him so much and it's obvious that uh, you know we don't really have a window into those communities that this movie is for in america no do we but no. i think it's clear that it did have the impact it was trying it was trying to have yeah and yeah. i think that's why it's critically one of the well it's critically the best marvel movie mm. ever ever made as far as like recognition and awards and totally. stuff and totally. it did and it did win the oscar didn't it it, it yeah, won the oscar yeah. for the music yeah it won yeah, the oscar absolutely. for the music now i'm still on the fence as to whether or not if i was the sole voter in that category i would have given it to black panther i'm not mm. sure i would have but i am also not saying that it didn't deserve it I, i'm just I, i'm very conflicted about about this well don't worry you don't actually have to make that decision mate so. no you're right i don't <laughs> no one gives a shit you're, about what you we don't. Think, but so I'm, I'm really scared i'm not communi- <laughs> i'm not communicating how much i no did way. love the music in this but also how yeah. much i was disappointed by it at the same time
0: anyway that is our roundup of part one of the phase three uh are we doing a bronze silver gold
1: yeah let's do it
0: bronze for you is
1: oh my goodness bronze for me spider-man homecoming
0: interesting so i was thinking civil war but then i forgot about ragnarok so i think it's bronze is ragnarok yeah for me silver ragnarok silver for me is black panther Mm -hmm. uh gold gold is black panther is it really it's 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 not guardians no wow interesting no
1: i i again all for all that it did black panther and again even though i'm disappointed by uh, that they didn't go far enough with how much they were going to change what they did was top yeah yeah and it was hype and it was amazing it was great and so yeah for me yeah 100 percent moving forward yeah let's yeah, let's go forward
0: you're bringing something to moving forward this week aren't you alex
1: yeah well uh, i think it's a it's a it's a little bit late to it but mm. have you seen the trailer for tenet There's i have the second trailer yeah, for tenet
0: i have wow i mean how to do a trailer properly how to mm. give no story away but just everyone wants to know what it's about
1: this is gonna be a problematic movie an amazingly problematic movie why oh just so there were bits in the trailer that just made me think oh god this is going to be a really hard movie to just sit and keep up with
0: because but none of nolan's are you need to you need to really yeah i know and i I love that i don't i i don't i don't
1: see that as a detriment at all but i think specifically when you're dealing with time travel because of mm. you know all these rules of time travel well I
0: don't think it's time travel well, no. I think it's going to be time manipulation and hasn't he gone on to say that
1: yeah it does say that in the trailer but I'm I'm really just using time travel as a sort of yeah. label for messing with thing. time
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's
1: and it's the idea of, there's this one bit where they're at a firing range in the trailer mm. and he shoots the gun but the bullet that's already been fired flies back into his gun right it's so cool and it's so cool and the visual concept and the and the scientific concept of that is just like oh my god that's so interesting and by the way so classic nolan and also Mm -hmm. do you not watch like nolan movies and there's a little part of you i think that thinks that's so interesting why didn't i come
0: up with that yeah yeah (laughs) for me i mean like i think take interstellar and take inception how they have those pockets of just really cool creative like creativity, the whole dream. And then yeah. I think Interstellar does it well with the relativity and the, and, and the, the display relativity. You know, yeah. on that planet, eight minutes for you is going to be years for me. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's going to be those little elements of creativity that they throw at this. You know, yeah, like exactly. it's going to be a fight sequence, but there's a section of the fight sequence that, that if you use this um, this superpower for lack of a better word well you can you can turn something backwards and turn yeah. the tables on your advantage you know you can pick that gun up that you would have initially thrown away you can now collect it and you've got an extra bullet in your gun it's, it's just like so like if there's a oh I, 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 and the whole yeah, thing it's all, madness it hasn't but, it hasn't happened yet but it i made, love that phrase yeah but
1: it made me it made me think about how they view time and stuff like that. and i'm and i'm sure that it'll be explained away and i'm sure mm. that it'll make sense after i've seen the movie like 20 fucking times because that's how much it'll take. i mean i but think it's when a... the woman says in the firing range oh you didn't fire you caught it is that the line yeah, you said yeah, you caught like it that. and i'm like well surely that's not strictly true because catching something is still like a positive is still like a positive thing because what you're trying mm. to tell me is that bullet always came out of this gun Hmm that bullet always came out of this gun and all you're doing is reversing the process so you get the bullet back but that's not the same as catching a bullet in a gun that's just Mm. returning that's just returning the bullet to the gun that it was already fired out of which is like which is which is the same as like almost having the 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 bullet on a piece of string and just pressing a button and like winding it back in and that's not the same as catching
0: so, it, is it? So, no. So, I think, right, think about it again. We've we talked to the MCU and we use the time stone. You know, the example that Doctor Strange has where he puts the apple bite forwards and backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you imagine that when you can turn it all the way forwards when the apple was a seed and then you can move it all the way to the other end of it when the apple is rotted and it's finished, yeah. I think it's going to be like that. You've got the ability to take a certain thing, a certain event or situation or, or one isolated thing and you can twist it through its life and then take it out when it's there so like if you had this t- this tenant this device or whatever this ability will mean that you can you can if let's use the exact apple for example if you were hungry but you saw a rotting apple on the ground if you've come across it you can twist it back through its own time frame its molecular time okay. scale and then now you've got an apple so I, I so in the case of the, so in that. the case
1: of the bullet what you're suggesting is that bullet didn't necessarily come out of that gun but he I just think... he he just Took a bullet out of a wall and brought it back into his gun. I think,
0: yeah, I think that's how it's going to be. And like, take for example. But again, it's just things like that where you're just like,
1: sequence. Yeah, you're just like, oh, my head hurts.
0: (laughs) Does it? Oh, I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, like, I guess it's because I'm. this is my pre-consumed thought process, so it doesn't hurt. But again, if you
1: if you if you thought about it and you and you got the concept of it right off the bat then, yeah, you're going to be fine. But the, but my point is, there's so many rules... Oh, yeah, when you're being told... Of, it, yeah, 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 yeah. There's so many, like, you know, perceptions and rules and theories on time manipulation so ga- that, like... will be so
0: many game-breaking elements. Exactly, as because well. as
1: soon as somebody thinks of, yeah, but what, this? Mm. Then it's... Then it breaks, it Then it, yeah, then yeah, it, it breaks, over. then it falls breaks. Over. And I think for Nolan to make a movie where everything has to be unbreakable in this in this movie or else it's not for really sure. a, a Nolan movie. Do you know what I mean? For
0: sure, for sure.
1: And I think I think that's what I'm that, most fascinated he's, about.
0: He, he's pretty good at that. Like, I've got total faith in him to do that, to pull it off. So do I. Very, but nobody's very ever few, done it. There was very few unbreakable parts to Inception and I think there's a lot of potential plot holes in Inception and he, for lack of a better word, is able to cover them. Yeah. And I have total faith that he will be able to cover all the parts of this yeah i also find it quite funny how christopher nolan quite clearly has modeled himself after robert patterson's character like he's basically playing christopher nolan if you look at it yeah watch the trailer again you're like sure. it's the same thing yeah. it's the same thing in uh what's he called tom hardy's character in inception that's basically christopher nolan oh yeah that's he's kind interesting. of put himself and yeah. he's put himself as that character I so think, yeah that's fun no watch that. it again it,
1: no it's good i mean yeah, I, I have faith that he will like pull off an an airtight time manipulation story.
0: Your man Ludwig uh, Gregorson is actually going to be the composer for that as well. Who obviously composed Black Panther, Ooh. which you loved as well. Oh yeah, so, that's
1: because uh, Hans Zimmer has gone off to do Dune.
0: That's exactly the reason. Yeah, that's Fabulous. exactly the reason. Well, I think that's the show, mate. Yeah, good one i enjoyed it i love these i love these mcu i ones. do en- i do enjoy doing them and
1: you know we i don't we don't go in as in depth into the music chat as in other ones but i do just love talking about the characters and the movie and like, i just in The movies i love indulging in silly things like superheroes yeah it's great yeah it's fun what do they have to do next uh what they gotta do is find us on apple podcasts give us a cheeky mm-hmm. little five star rating Perchance mm-hmm. a review and if you maybe if you didn't want to do that, maybe you could tell us what your favorite movie score is. Or even what your favorite movie is. Or, or MCU movie. Or MCU movie. Or tell us anything you want. Tell us you hate us. We don't care. Don't, I'd rather you didn't. We'd rather you didn't. I'd rather you didn't. But if you said that you hated us... Nah, I'm alright. You could do it. If, 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 give, if, us a good, give us good if good. If you reasons. said that you hated us, but put a five-star rating anyway, I mean, that would be fine.
0: That's fun. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. And, and actually, and I just want to make it clear, I'm not open to constructive criticisms so right. be construct I'm not open to it you're not open to it no you're- I'm not I'm terrible I've tried I've tried I can't receive feedback I'm terrible at it yeah so feedback you're not okay
1: with but blind
0: hate is absolutely
1: fine right
0: probably better yeah probably better yeah yeah that's it uh, also you can contact the show through motionspod at gmail.com that's send us an email and we'd love to hear your thoughts we'd love to hear what movies you like i've got a few like i said i've got a crowd pleaser coming up which i've had a few different people uh, ask us about next uh next week so that'll be coming excellent excellent way. excellent. um but that is it yeah so, that's uh, it and as per you and as,
1: as yeah and as per usual the uh format the Platform we all forget about. We're on Spotify as
0: well, but oh, who cares? Who gives, who gives a crap about too. that? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye now. All right, guys. Ta-ta.